If you had a secret weapon in your back pocket that would grow your podcast audience, grow your leads, grow your mailing list, and potentially grow your income, would you invest the time to use it to its fullest potential? This episode of Podcastification just might introduce you to the very thing that will do all of that. My name is Kerry Green. And I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. You know, for a long, long time, I have been kind of befuddled by the mystery that is Pinterest. I mean, I look at Pinterest and I love the images, man. They're great things to look at, great ideas sometimes for DIY projects. But I kind of view it as this food and clothes and fitness and DIY kind of a network and don't really know a lot about it. So I thought... This has got to be usable for podcasters. There's got to be a way to set up a Pinterest account that actually drives traffic to your podcast and gets you more listeners. So I thought I'd reach out to a gal named Catherine Morehouse. She's a Pinterest strategist, a marketing lover, and an obsessive planner. Man, she sounds like my kind of person. And her entire business is dedicated to helping us grow our business. In this case, our podcast, our podcast audience through strategic Pinterest marketing. So I think we've got a lot to learn from Catherine today, and I want you to welcome her to the show. Pinterest, my goodness, if you saw my Pinterest boards, you would see such a mess. I just have a bunch of random boards, and I'm kind of a random person sometimes, so I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to Pinterest. And so I wanted to invite someone on the show who could kind of straighten me out and answer some questions and also help us as podcasters get a good idea of how to use Pinterest in effective ways, not just random, but effective. So I've invited Catherine Morehouse on the podcastification show today. Catherine, how are you? Hi, I'm really well on yourself. I'm so excited to be here as well. So I just want to say thank you for letting me on to talk about Pinterest. Well, you're very, very welcome. Catherine and I got connected through a website we talked about in a previous episode, Podcast Guests. I will put the link to that in the show notes for this episode, podcastfasttrack.com slash 87. And those show notes will have that link to podcast guests. But anyway, Catherine has been doing Pinterest and she makes some pretty cool claims, I think, about helping people build up not only just a following, but also an effective marketing channel through Pinterest. And, you know, in my mind, Podcasting needs marketing. I mean, we, we're trying to build an audience, so it takes marketing to do that. So, Catherine, first of all, tell us a little bit why Pinterest? Why is it such a compelling and interesting thing for you personally? 
So Pinterest is a really compelling marketing platform because it is actually a search engine. And a lot of people don't know that, specifically those of us who are creating content, whether it's blog posts, podcasts, anything like that, we didn't realize that Pinterest was actually a search engine. It was always just something for your recipes or an inspiration board or anything like that. And the reason Pinterest is so fantastic is because it's actually a visual version of Google. So if you think about how you try and market yourself on Google to show the searches for specific categories, that is what Pinterest does, except it will produce visual results. And a lot of people, especially like if you think of us nowadays, we love visual results. We love YouTube. We love seeing visual platforms and we love consuming content. And Pinterest is based on evergreen content. And that is exactly what podcasts are. They are something that will be up there for a really long period of time, obviously, that anybody can listen to, go back and listen to and consume over years, for example. So the reason why it's so great for podcasters as well is because you can actually spend, for example, now we are busy recording a podcast, you can spend an hour on this piece of content and you have to go and edit it for another maybe hour, an hour and a half, write some show notes, and you've invested a lot of time and energy. And what Pinterest does is it allows you to put a pin up there, which is going to obviously market this piece of content. And your pinners, so your actual ideal client, will be searching on Pinterest for things like inspiration, ideas, and also answers. And your pen will come up and it does, it's not time specific. So your pen from two years ago, from a, a podcast episode you put in like three or four hours worth of work two years ago will show up and you'll be getting leads and traffic years later as well, which makes it so great. Because when I think of us creating content nowadays, it's a time investment and you want to get the best return on investment for whatever marketing platform you're using. And something like Pinterest that allows you to have this return on investment years later, it's priceless. It really is priceless. And with the functionality, this search engine functionality, it's made it so easy for business owners and podcasters to actually put your content out there in a way that is really searchable for your ideal clients. So if I can give you an example. Yeah, please. You'll find that people are searching potentially how to create a podcast, you know, which may be something that you've spoken about before, or they might actually be searching for marketing tactics. So someone would say, you know, how to post on Facebook or, and if your podcast is answering everything related to Facebook marketing, then you've created a pin, for example, that leads to that piece of content. So that podcast episode. And your ideal client is searching for that on Pinterest. So what they'll do is they'll type into the Pinterest search bar, uh, mark Facebook marketing, for example, or it could even be how to start a podcast or podcast tips. And as a business owner, we don't think people are doing this always because we might be using Pinterest for fun or for other inspiration, but you have to think of your ideal clients. They are searching for either on Pinterest inspiration, encouragement, ideas, or answers. So those are like the four key areas that people search on Pinterest. And if they're looking for answers to their questions, they don't go to Google as much as you think. <laughs> they actually, a lot of people are going to Pinterest. There's over 200 million people on Pinterest now, and they are actively searching for answers. So the way that your pin would show up isn't actually when you pin it. So if you added a pin today, for example, it would show up 
But because it's a search engine, the keywords that you've attached to that pin, which would be Facebook marketing or how to start a podcast or whatever your topic is about, your ideal client could search for it a month from now and it would show up at the top of the feed as if it was brand new content. And so this just makes it so easy and so great for podcasters and business owners because it's just like Google where your content can stay up there for a really long period of time. And another interesting thing is when you actually go and Google search something, answers will actually be Pinterest pin links because of the search engine functionality of Pinterest. They actually boost each other. So the thing you do for Pinterest helps you with your um, Google marketing and everything you do for Google is helping you rank on Pinterest. So it's like you do both. You do one thing and it, and it works on both platforms, which we really want. Simplify wow. everything. Wow. You know? Catherine, let me stop you there because you have just dropped so many pieces yeah, of, of, of powerful <laughs> stuff on us. I mean, I, I feel like it's, you know, I need to just respond with, hey, man, you know, this. there is so much you said there that I agree with. The idea that people come to Pinterest like we do for YouTube or anywhere else for encouragement, for inspiration, for ideas and for answers. And we as podcasters are trying to provide one or all of those things. And so I want to just encourage the listening audience, just because Pinterest may seem different to you or may seem like something you haven't gotten into thus far, don't write it off because those very things you're trying to do are things Pinterest can help you with because your ideal audience may be on Pinterest searching for those things. And if you can be that resource, man, what a great opportunity. Now, Catherine, you mentioned this evergreen element to Pinterest and how when people go in and they search for, let's just pick something. I mean, I have clients who do marketing or coaching or things like that. So someone goes on and they search for life coaching tips or how to deal with grief or whatever. Are they actually searching for those kinds of phrases on Pinterest or is it more just one word keywords or, or are they actually using keyword phrases like that? They are generally using two keywords um, instead of an entire keyword phrase. So where I always suggest people go is with that full sentence initially. Think about what would they be asking you in a conversation. So would they say, how do I deal with grief? Okay, that's the first step that you think of. Because that's what they would say to you if you were coaching them through it. The next step is to realize they aren't actually asking you personally, but they are using two or three of those words from that sentence to search for the answer. So they're not going to say, how do I deal with grief? They will probably say grief counseling or dealing with grief instead of the how to or what should I. So you leave out those extra words and you only focus on the really rich words in that sentence. And you type those into the Pinterest search bar. Now, this is a really great feature on Pinterest because I know that a lot of my clients as well, for example, get really caught up in the keyword element because they think search engine optimization deals with keywords and I have no idea what keywords to put in. But Pinterest actually gives you the answer. It tells you exactly what your ideal client is typing in. So even when you think of this sentence and then you narrow it down to those two words, Let's go, for example, with dealing with grief. Okay, so it's going to be three. You can type that into the Pinterest search bar and right underneath the search bar, there will be these little blocks pop up and they're colorful blocks. And in each of those blocks, you will see a word. So it might say, if you typed in the word grief, you might say, see the first block saying dealing with, and then it would be 
dealing with grief. That is the highest search term in relation to that phrase that you put in. So if we can go with one that generally people might put in, which let's go with the digital marketing side. So if someone's typed in marketing tips, right underneath that, you would see these little boxes appear. And each box, like I said, has a word in it. So it might be social media marketing tips, Facebook marketing tips, Instagram marketing tips, marketing tip templates. So there's all these different keywords that are going to pop up underneath. And what Pinterest is telling you is that those are the highest search terms in relation to that topic, that general topic you typed in. And that is exactly what your audience is actually physically typing into Pinterest. So they are telling you, without you having to go figure this out on your own, they are telling you this is what the majority of people on Pinterest are typing in actively into the search bar based on this broad topic. So if you are a travel agency or you're a travel blogger or a travel podcaster, you type in the general word travel, you'll find travel destinations is the first one. Then it's travel tips, travel packing lists, etc. And these are the active words people are actually typing in. So you don't, ha- you don't have to guess. You can actually take the guesswork out of it Go straight into Pinterest, type in the general topic that you discuss. So, for example, you could type in podcasting and you would find out exactly what your audience is searching for in relation to podcasting on Pinterest. So it takes away all of that confusion, all of the stress of figuring that out. It's right there for you. So you know exactly what keywords to use and what people are actively searching for. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing that it is so is so user-friendly and helpful in enabling you to put your content right in front of the people who are actually searching for it. I love that. Now, let's talk a little bit now about Pinterest itself in the approach to the platform because, you know, when I log into my account, I set it up years ago and I can go on and look at all of my particular boards that I created and that sort of thing. And it's just a mess to me. I realize I could have done this much better and I probably should have. I can go back and revamp. First of all, is there good news there? Can I go back and revamp this to be a better effective platform for myself? Definitely. You can always go back and edit. You can always go and update. Um, You can make any change. Even if you completely change the direction of your business or your podcast, you can go in and edit everything and it will update automatically. And because Pinterest is a search engine, like I mentioned, any type of words that you've used on your profile, whether it's your profile name or your board names, is actually helping Pinterest place your content in front of your ideal client. So if you created boards, for example, that have nothing to do with this podcast or the kind of content you share, then you actually are doing yourself a disservice because Pinterest is using all of that information to accurately place your content in front of the right pinner. Pinterest, in essence, is really trying to make it a platform where the actual pinners can come on, they can search for things, and they're going to get the most accurate and high-quality information as possible. And Pinterest wants to do that. So Pinterest looks at the business accounts and says, okay, this is what you're about. I'm going to place you in front of this pinner because this is what they're searching for. So the minute your Pinterest profile doesn't have anything to do with your business, you're not going to be placed in front of your ideal client. But the good news is that you can update it and it will automatically shift. Wow, that is really great. I am thankful to hear that. (laughs) I'm sitting here looking at my boards as you're talking and the titles of some of my boards, you know, are just 
basically for my benefit. So I can look at it and know quickly what I've pinned there, but I can see how they don't really help with keyword optimization and people finding the things that have pinned there. So I love that. I want to go back and do those edits. Now let's back up even a step further and just talk about Pinterest from the standpoint of someone who's never used the platform. They go on, they create an account. This is free by the way, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So Pinterest is absolutely free to set up an account. You can go on, set up your profile. It allows you some links in your profile. It allows you a a description like most social media platforms do where you can describe yourself, your name, your title, your business, any of those things that you want to put in there. But then we have three different headings I see here on my profile. And if you can kind of walk us through these, I would be eternally grateful. There's pins, there's boards, and there's tries. So explain those to me. What are those three things? How do they differ from each other? Okay, so on your profile, you're going to see, as you mentioned, the pins and then the boards and tried. So pins is going to show you every pin that you've actually added to your profile that you've saved or repinned to your profile. Okay, so let me let Pinterest, me stop you for a minute. Yeah. Define for us what is a pin? I mean, if someone says, well, I've never done Pinterest, I'm going to pin something? What does that mean? Okay, so if you actually think about what Pinterest was when they first created it, it's like a virtual pin board. So think of those cork boards you used to have up on the wall and used to pin, literally with an actual pin, your ideas, inspiration, or even your finances, anything to these cork boards. What Pinterest did, they actually created a virtual place where you could do this. So instead of tearing things out of a magazine for your ideal lifestyle or for things that you would like and then pin it onto this cork board, they've now made it possible for you to pin anything across the internet into a virtual place onto a virtual board. Okay, so that is why it's called a pin and that's why it's called Pinterest because it's interesting and it's a pin that you're going to pin. So... What you're going to do with a specific pin, it really, we call a pin an image. Okay, so an image that is on Pinterest is called a pin. And this image has information attached to it and it leads people somewhere. So when you click on this picture, it will generally lead you to a URL. So a website, a podcast episode, even to Facebook. You could send anybody to any URL across the internet. We obviously want to send them to our websites and to our podcasts and things like that. But a pin will allow you to put a title, a description on this image, and then obviously the URL that you're going to send to. So when you look at a pin, it isn't the actual pin that you would use in real life. It's an image. So if you do a Google search and you click images, those would be considered pins across Pinterest, basically. They're images. And... um It's going to be when you create your image for Pinterest, you want to create it in a way that's going to help people click through to your website. So your image is basically your banner on Pinterest. It's saying, click me, come to my website and learn about this podcast episode or learn about this thing. And so it's really what your audience sees. They don't really see much text. They don't really see much else. They just see this Pinterest image and they either choose to save it to their board or click through on it, or just look at it. So those are the three things they could do with it. So if I give you an example, and you're a travel podcaster, you talk about traveling the world, for example, um, and you decide that you've got an episode about packing lists, you're talking about exactly how you need to pack a bag if you're flying internationally. You want to market this podcast episode, because you want, obviously, people to click through and listen to it. So your image is going to be discussing or showing someone packing a bag, or you're going to have a title on there saying how to pack 
you know, for an international trip. And this image is going to then be put onto Pinterest. And what's going to happen is your audience might type in the word packing lists. And because you've used the right keywords in your pin description, your actual image will show up in the search results. And they will see your picture and they will see that you are going to be discussing exactly how to pack your bag for international travel. And they will either save it to their board, sorry, as inspiration or as information that they need to come and get later on when they actually end up packing their bag. Or they're going to actually click through because they need to know the answer immediately. So that's really how this pin image works. And as I mentioned, when you go to your profile, you're going to see the word pins, boards, and tried. And pins will be all of these images that you have added to Pinterest that link to your website. But not only that, you as a business owner gets the opportunity to also add content from other people on Pinterest and save it to your boards. And that will also appear under pins. So everything you've added to your little space on Pinterest will show up under pins. Hey, we will get back to the episode right after this short break. I promise. Do you have questions about podcasting? I just might have some answers for you. You can go to podcastfasttrack.com slash question and leave your question or comment. Who knows? You might hear your melodious voice on the next episode. I always keep my promises. So here we go. So give me an example of why it's a good idea to pin someone else's content to your boards. I understand like on Facebook, you want to do like an 80-20 split where you're sharing 80% other people's content, 20% yours, just for the sake of goodwill and building relationships. Is it similar on Pinterest? It is similar on Pinterest, but it's it's not going to be 80-20 necessarily. You can go with about a 50-50, other people's content and your content. And the reason you want to share is there's a couple of reasons. The one is your ideal client is attracted to a specific kind of content. They obviously are looking for something. And there are other people that are also answering questions that you may not be answering. So if your podcast deals with a specific thing, but you know your audience is interested in also this element. So if we're talking about this travel podcaster, they might be discussing everything to do with international travel. But there are some other people who are sharing really great content that you aren't sharing, like pictures of traveling to certain places in Paris, or maybe they are are talking about local travel and you want to add that in because you know that's going to attract your audience to your Pinterest profile. So what happens is when you save this content, these other pins from other people to your boards, when your audience searches for it and it appears under their search, for example, and it was from your board, then it helps your board get seen more. Okay, so it's kind of a reach thing. So similar to if on Facebook, for example, you shared someone else's quote and your audience or some people saw it on your Facebook page and they decided to share it from there or comment on it, it goes towards your Facebook page's reach, obviously. You will reach more people as well and so will the original owner of that content. And so it's the same on Pinterest. When your boards on Pinterest are really active and get a lot of people engaged with it, Pinterest's algorithm will push your content further out across Pinterest. So you will actually get more marketing opportunities and you will reach more people when you share your content and other people's content so your boards can remain active across all those areas that your ideal client may be interested in. Wow, that is really helpful. 
when you think about that, when you think about them adding uh, or you adding their content to your boards, don't think of it as necessarily competition. Now, you can choose not to share content from people maybe that you know are too closely related to you, but I don't think that's such a big issue because oftentimes you guys are dealing with completely different pieces of content. And so what you really want to do is you want to create a one-stop shop again with the answers that your audience is looking for. And that's what your boards are going to be. You're going to be adding your content and other people's content to really make this a place where your audience can say, this person is sharing everything I need. So I'm going to go and follow them or I'm going to click through to their website or something like that. So under the pin section, you're going to see both your content and other people's content that you've added to your profile. But if you go to the board section, so if you hit that board button, it's going to show you only your boards that you've created because, again, it's it's displaying what's on your profile as a whole. And so your boards, it's going to show you all of the boards that you have and then obviously the pins that are within those boards. So you'll have to click on that board to see what's in there. And you want to keep those boards active and sometimes you don't have enough content as well, which is why other people's content helps as well. It builds up the activity on that board and then the reach. And the tried button is if someone has actually tried your pin. So it's pretty interesting because when someone tries a recipe, for example, they can actually hit that button saying, I tried this, and they can leave a review or a comment or pictures as well. They could add some pictures in. So people can actually, similar to reviewing you on Facebook, they can actually say, I've tried this pin, whether it's listening to your podcast, trying a recipe, purchasing a product, or um, reading a blog post, they can say, I've tried it and I've liked it. And it just goes to validate your content even further. Wow, that is really cool. And those are great explanations of those three options. As you were describing some of that, just for the sake of the listeners here, I want to describe what I was doing. I was kind of trying out some of the things you were describing as you were describing it. And I realized right away that like I inferred before, I think is exactly true. Many of my boards are not named well. In terms of search, uh, for example, I had one just called podcasting, whereas the episode that I was trying to pin, the image for that episode, was a podcasting tip, which I think people are more likely to be searching, podcasting tip instead of podcasting. And so I created a new board with podcasting tips and realized the variety of episodes that I do, I give tips, I do interviews like this, I do sometimes research-based posts. And I could make boards for each of those with keyword phrasing that would be more likely to be searched for and put those episodes in there instead of putting all of them into one board, like say my episodes. I had one, I had one named my episodes. I mean, who's going to be searching for my episodes? Come on. That's just not the right phrase. Am I thinking right about that, Catherine? You are. And it's interesting though, because I'm going to suggest something that's actually going to go with it, but I'm also going to change it up a bit. So okay. you do need to create a board that is just your business content. Okay. You don't want to call it my episodes. You're going to call it the same title as your actual Pinterest profile. And again, you need to add a keyword. So for example, you could say podcastification podcast episodes or podcastification episodes, and then you can put a dash and you can say podcasting tips and another keyword that relates to the content that's on that board. So not only, so you're creating this one business board and not only are you naming it the same as your 
Pinterest profile, but you're also going to give it one or two keywords in that board name so that it shows up in the right place. And the reason you do this is because if someone does come over to your profile and they liked your content, they want to be able to see where they can get more of it. So you always just want to make sure you have that one board. It's not that everybody will always go to that one board, but you want to make sure you've placed it there. So if they want to see all of your content, they can click on that board and they can see a variety of your tips because often you'll get people who absolutely love your content and they want more of it. And so they'll go to that one place. And the second reason is because when you are pinning, you have to not just pin your pin once, you actually want to pin it multiple times over Pinterest over a long period of time, whether that's to your boards or to your group boards that you're a part of. And that's another topic. But you want to keep sharing that content on your profile and it's always a good place to be able to pin it from your board to your board, sorry, I call it your business board, to other boards on your Pinterest profile because then you don't have to go and search for each pin and make sure you've pinned it. If you have it all in one place, you know that you can just repin straight from there and that you've kept all of those pins moving across Pinterest. So you're saying you want to pin the same image over and over to different boards over time. Yes. Yeah, so you can add the same image to one board multiple times. You just want to space it out over a month or two. Hmm. And what is the advantage of that? Is that just keeping it in front of the people who are following your boards? Well, it does that one, but it also increases the repin count on your pin and keeps it active. And Pinterest likes high repin rates, okay, hmm. it will share your content more in that sense. But it is, and, and this is working at the moment, and the thing is I want to, again, just emphasize the search engine functionality because I feel like they might be going in, a, in the direction where they're going to put more emphasis on just the keywords that you use than actually how you go about pinning. But at the moment, they still you still need to repin that content a bit so that it gets to the right place. Um, and so that gets seen. Now, this is why group boards are amazing. And I'm going to explain. Can I explain a bit about it? Yeah, that? please. Might help. Dive in. <laughs> okay. So when you create your own boards, you can add your content to that multiple times. But you want to space it out. But you still want to keep your pins active and continuously going onto boards on Pinterest, which is why group boards are amazing. So a group board is a board that has multiple collaborators. So think of it as a Facebook group where... Everybody, you could probably share one post on Facebook over and over again throughout the month and different people will see it at different times. Not everybody sees it that first time. And because there's so many other contributors adding, everybody's adding their con content over and over again, but they're also adding new content. And it also allows you to see more content from other people that you could share. So when you join a group board as a collaborator, that gives you the opportunity to also add pins to that board. Now, there is always one host. So if you created a group board, you would be the host of that board. If someone else creates the group board, they're the host of that board. And they set the rules for that board, for example. And generally, it's going to be something like a specific topic, whether it's social media marketing tips. And this board is everything to do with social media marketing tips. And all the collaborators are only allowed to share content that relates to social media marketing tips. Now, what those collaborators will do is they generally are either Facebook people or Instagram people or Pinterest people, and they'll be sharing tips on those social media channels. And they can actually share the same pin a couple of times 
over a period of time, so in a month. And I always suggest adding about five of your pins to a group board per day. That's how much content flows through group boards. Wow. To give you an idea. That's what makes it easier for you to repin your one image so many times across Pinterest is that you can add it to a group board quite often. I generally leave a month between the one image and it going in again. If you have podcast episodes and you have 27, 37, 90, whatever it may be, that's a lot of content. And you can share five of those images to the group board per day and you times it by 30 days and that's that's your content. And then you're continuously adding new content as well. So there's group boards give you that opportunity. And another thing with group boards is that the people following the host will be following that group board. So you're getting access to a wider audience that you maybe never or didn't have access to before where they may not have actively been searching for the keywords you were using. And so it just gives you an increased reach, an increased chance to be visible in front of more people on Pinterest. Yeah. So a group board, as I'm looking at it, you create the board, then you can invite other people to be a part of that board. So I'm assuming on the other side of that same coin, you have to be invited to be a part of someone else's group board, correct? Generally, people don't necessarily go and invite you. Sometimes they do. But if you want to join one, you can actually send them a private message in Pinterest. There's an option to send messages across Hmm. in Pinterest. Or they'll sometimes leave their email address for you to email them and request access. So it can go both ways where they could invite you and then you can accept. But if you want to join a group board and you see one that you'd like to be a part of, you can either PM them, so private message them in Pinterest, or send them an email. I see. Okay, that makes total sense. Total sense. All right, so let me ask you some more simple things, I think. All these strategy pieces are great, but I think Mm. most of us are going to need to know just some basics, such as what makes for a good Pinterest image as far as size, what's on it, how much text to image ratio, all of that kind of thing. So the image on Pinterest is going to be a long vertical image. So you're going to go with 735 pixels by I think it's 1,000 102 or 120. They've recently updated, but anything from 735 width and then length, you can go as long as you want. You just want to make sure that you are going long vertical graphic, not a um, horizontal rectangular graphic, for example, or a square graphic. And why is that? I'm noticing that, you know, rectangular graphics still look good. They still show up. Why do you want the longer one? Because you are taking up more space in that feed. And when people scroll, they are scrolling from top to bottom, and it's not made specifically for a square image. So when you're on the app, the square images and the smaller images actually end up disappearing into the feed because there's so many really long vertical graphics that take up that space. So they originally Uh. designed it for a long vertical graphic. And I think the reason was because it was recipes initially, and it was, you know, images that had to do with travel and you wanted to see the Eiffel Tower, you didn't want to see a small version of it. So their entire feed, the way that you would see it on a mobile device, for example, is you would see long vertical graphic. As you scroll, it would take up so much space that you can see the actual image. When it's a square one, it ends up being quite small in that feed on your mobile phone. So that is generally why they go with the long vertical graphic, but they also created it that way. Right. I see. I see. So Um, one of the strategy pieces I'm hearing you say is that you're wanting to take up as much visual real estate as you can so that your pin gets noticed. 
Yes, and it is so important because when you think about your audience scrolling, you have to actually capture their attention on a visual platform. This isn't a text-based platform. It isn't a engagement platform. Again, it's a search engine, so it's not a commenting platform. It's not like you want people to like and comment. You want people to either save or click. And so you are using the visual element of the pin and because you want to take up so much space so that yours stands out, you need to make this long vertical graphic because when you get into the mindset of your a, an actual pinner, someone using it, they are scrolling through this feed and they're going from top to bottom, obviously, and not left to right or anything like that, you know, and you're going to see two images on your Pinterest app in the feed. Now, on a desktop, you're going to see a lot more, which is actually why those long vertical graphics are even better because when you're looking at it on a desktop, those square images really hide away. <laughs> but yeah. um, on a mobile device, you're only seeing two images at a time next to each other. And as you scroll, the longer one is actually going to capture your attention for a lot longer than the square small one. And mm. so you want to capture their attention and take up that real estate so that they stop at your image. Yeah, um, that that makes sense. Now, something something you said there makes me want to ask you this: since your goal is to have people save or pin things, or instead of you know starting a conversation like maybe on Facebook, you want to put things on your image that people want to save for future reference. So, like tips or bullet point list of action points or those kind of. Am I thinking right about that? Yes and no. There's definitely a place for that. You do need to put those tips on there. And I think infographics work great as well when people can see them. And that is definitely going to get someone to save it for later. Also recipes and um, travel tips and everything that you put onto that image. You could put all of them on there and people will save them. But you also want to create... I'm going to explain it in terms of a product. But actually, no, we should do it in a podcast. So let's go with the travel podcast. Um, we can create a variety of graphics for the same podcast episode. Okay, so you don't have to just create one pin image. You can create multiple. Then you can actually capture each different kind of ideal client. Because some of your clients, some of your listeners are going to be interested in pinning a pin image that has those tips on it. And it actually shows them all the tips. And it has the lists and the all of that on the image. But you're also going to get one kind of person who just wants to see the title save it or click through on it to read more. And then you're going to get the person who just wants the image of it with a small title at the bottom because they want to be inspired by the kind of lifestyle you're sharing. So as a travel podcaster, you may, you could create one pin talking about packing lists for Paris and one of it one of them could be the actual list. You could show them every item as the little checklist. And you'd have one person save that to their board and one person click through to print that um, or go and listen to it and listen to exactly why. The second type of image you could create be just a beautiful picture of the Eiffel Tower. Right at the top, you are focused in on packing lists for Paris. And your ideal client, for example, is really interested in packing lists. They know what to expect in Paris. They're already inspired. So they are looking for a solution. They are looking specifically for packing lists in Paris. And so when they see your title, they're going to click through. But you use a beautiful image in the back to really kind of give the essence of what this podcast episode is about and also that it's about packing lists. So they'll click through on that. Then the third one you can create is where you have someone who is interested in going to Paris, 
and they're interested in the type of topic, the packing for going to Paris, for example, a packing list, but they aren't yet sure exactly what they want to do, what they want to take action on. They're looking for inspiration. So they might have typed in traveling through Paris or something like that to get ideas and inspiration. What they want to see is the actual Eiffel Tower first. They want to feel like they're going. So you could, in essence, put a picture, beautiful picture of the Eiffel Tower and someone with a bag, you know, and at the bottom, you actually use the text that says packing list for Paris. So when they scroll down, they initially get that amazing feeling of being in Paris with their bag and they're like, yes, I want to go there. And I'm emotionally already in, call it emotionally inspired to click through because they feel that emotion of being in Paris. Then they see your title that says, you know, the packing list for Paris. And now they are definitely going to click through. So you have three different kinds of people potentially visiting you on Pinterest or looking for ideas inspiration and answers on Pinterest. So your pin image can take so many different forms, but it's important for you to choose one initially. And once you get comfortable with that, to choose the rest. So I would initially start out with the easiest if this is your first time on Pinterest and go with a beautiful graphic and you can use a stock photo, you can use any kind of photos that you create and just a simple title that stands out boldly and your website, a bit of branding at the bottom. I so appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that way you are not overwhelming yourself firstly, and you're also not overwhelming the person over there, but you're also going to capture the one person who wants to see the emotional inspiration. So that's going to be the traveling to Paris and also the person who's looking for that answer. And they're going to click through and then obviously listen to your podcast and get any content upgrade that you have or anything like that. And then only, once you've been able to do that, then I would suggest adding in pins that have the actual tips on the pin image and maybe more inspirational versions of that pin. And so you can go from there, but always start out with the simplest, which is just a beautiful graphic, text overlay, and your website. Yeah, simple is good. I love simple. And being, you know, a person who likes to work with systems and things like that, I'm already kind of envisioning having standard template that you use like for a podcast episode you insert a different image for everyone but you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time when you do it that way so i'm thinking also canva would be a good choice for making some of these graphics do you know of a lot of pinners who use canva and things like that yes canva is absolutely amazing for that i actually in my course that i do i've taught it an entire section on using Canva for your Pinterest templates because I totally agree with you. You have to create templates to simplify the process for you. Otherwise, you're going to be trying to create a Pinterest image to go with your podcast, get overwhelmed, and you'll end up not doing it. So I always just say, like you say, go with Pinterest templates. You can even create two or three so that they are slightly different and you can, if you get bored of the same template all the time, but going into Canva, you can actually save templates as well and make a copy and then work off that working copy, which makes it so easy. And Canva actually has some Pinterest templates for you that you just click on the Pinterest button. So they've got a little picture with Pinterest on it and it's got the perfect sizing. Wow, that is great. Well, Catherine, as I'm scrolling through Pinterest here, I'm realizing I probably could ask you a thousand questions today <laughs> and uh, you don't have time for that and neither do I. So I want to stop for a moment and just give an opportunity for you to explain to us exactly what you do to help people get a handle on Pinterest and start using it effectively. So could you share with us just a little bit of maybe how you got into this and then what you're actually doing to help people? 
Perfect. Thank you so much. I'd love to. So I initially started as a social media manager and love with Pinterest. I just absolutely love that I could create a piece of content, share it on a platform, and years later, I'm still getting that return on investment. So that's why I absolutely loved it. So I ended up going into actually doing Pinterest management for clients, so for business owners, because I realized that a lot of business owners don't always have the time to do it or the knowledge to do it. So I went into helping create that kind of system for them and I would manage their accounts and become that Pinterest strategist for their business and do that for them. And then I realized there were just so many people who needed that and I couldn't help or have enough time to do that for everyone. So I've put together a Pinterest course called Pinterest for Business. What it does is it takes you step by step right from the beginning as in you type pinterest.com and you try and join Pinterest for the first time and I show you step by step with screen share, I show you videos and everything on how to set that up, all the keywords set up, the search engine optimization, how to figure out how to create boards for your business and the strategy behind that and then I take you through joining group boards and how to use them, every button that you can see I teach you about and then also I teach you about using Tailwind, so that's a scheduler to help improve your consistency without taking up too much time because we don't have a lot of time always to do this. And then I take you through to analytics and using your promoted pin campaign, so also ad management if you chose to promote a pin in Pinterest. And um, so I go right from the beginning, really simple, step-by-step through the action plan that I use exactly for my clients. And I've put that into a course that is going to help you go from that beginning stage all the way to promoting your first pin as if you're a Pinterest marketer. (laughs) My favorite part of doing this has been seeing my students work through the Pinterest strategy and the Pinterest sales funnel is what I would call it. So I have a module called the customer journey, which takes you from your pins on Pinterest, understanding every step your client is going to take or your listener will take from that pin all the way through to your website to the point that they'll either convert to a subscriber of your podcast, a purchaser of a product or anything like that. And I find it so valuable when you look at marketing in that sense as a business owner because you're not just in it for getting the traffic to your website. You're really in it to convert people either to listeners, subscribers, purchasers or something like that. And that's exactly what this course has done. So I did that so I could help a lot more people in that. And I've just released it. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. So tell me what's the pricing on your course. And I believe you have offered my listeners a little discount on that. So tell us a little bit about what the pricing is and what you're offering. Perfect. So the pricing for the course is $497. It's an eight module course. So there's eight modules in the course. And then you're getting $50 off of that. And what it does is you're also going to get some bonuses, which is a free month on Tailwind if you're a new user. And that's the schedule I was talking about. I've also actually created Pinterest templates that you can use in Canva. So you just open them up in Canva and change the colors to fit your branding. So you don't even have to go and figure out any kind of templates for Pinterest. So I've done that for you. And then we have weekly live calls in our private Facebook group for members. For um, That's going to be obviously four weeks of calls. So these are all things that you're going to get in the course as well. Wow. And you also have an option to pay on a per month basis for that as, as well, correct? Yes, there's going to be a um, three-month payment plan that's available. Okay, great. And so $50 off, how does someone get that deal from you? 
So there's going to be a coupon code that you can fill in, and it's called podcastification. <laughs> oh, well, imagine so, that. <laughs> yeah. Just make so sure you, you just, spell it correctly. That's the problem with that one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so we'll have to make sure that we, we put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> exactly definitely will. We code. definitely will. And uh, by um, the way, the show notes again is episode 87. So that's podcastfasttrack.com slash 87. Or if you're listening on a podcasting app, you can swipe to the description, however you do that on your app, and it'll be right there. So Catherine, that is great. And you also have a link to your website where people can find that course. Tell us about that. It is katherinemorehouse.com forward slash PFB. So that would be standing for Pinterest for Business. So katherinemorehouse.com forward slash PFB. Okay. And let me spell Catherine's name because her last name is not exactly <laughs> like I would have expected. So her name is Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And then Morehouse is M-O-O-R-H-O-U-S-E. So no M-O-R-E, it's M-O-O-R. H-O-U-S-E dot com (laughs) slash PFB. And that is where you can find the course, get $50 off by using the coupon code podcastification. And I know everybody is wondering, Catherine, where you got that delightful accent. (laughs) I'm from South Africa, so I have a South African accent in case you wanted to know. Yeah, Um, I think most people would say (laughs) British, but that's not true, I'm sure. Definitely. No, it isn't. So we do have obviously British bloodline. So there's a bit of that, but it's definitely a South African accent. So anybody who's South African would be able to identify it. I often get confused for an Australian though. Ah. It's either British or Australian. Yeah, I think all of us, uh, all of us Yankees over here just don't know the difference between any of them. So uh, it's <laughs> it's good that we identified that, I think. And Catherine, you have been more than generous today sharing these insights into Pinterest and how podcasters can use it. And listeners, hey, I hope that you are seeing like I am seeing that Pinterest is probably an untapped resource for you to drive people to podcast episodes, to get new listeners and subscribers. And I think it could be one of those pieces of what I often refer to as a domino effect, where the first thing is getting the notice, getting the attention. And then that falls into the actual link that you send them to. That page has to be optimized well so that you can get subscribers there very easily and quickly. You can get people to listen to your show and the content that you're producing in that show is good. So it motivates them to subscribe. You know, there's this domino effect that has to happen in order to get to our end goals. And I think what Catherine has shared with us today about Pinterest is one of those very first dominoes that can help us start this chain reaction that gets the listeners and the audience that we're really seeking to achieve. Catherine, thank you so much. Is there anything you would like to ask of our listeners besides going to get your podcast for business course and getting $50 off? I just want to say thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking on this podcast today and I've really, really enjoyed it. And I do want to say that if any of your listeners feel like they have any questions, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. So on my website, you can contact me. So please feel free to send me a message if there's any question you have about Pinterest. It may take a bit of time, but I do definitely respond. So I'm really, yeah. really open to hearing those uh, those questions that you have because I know that when we get started with Pinterest, there's always some questions. <laughs> 
Yeah, I totally understand that. And you can count on, I will probably be reaching out to you a little bit with a few of those questions. And I notice also Catherine is obviously on Pinterest, but she's also on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can reach her in all of those ways, I'm sure. Catherine, once again, thank you for being on Podcastification. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. Did you get some valuable information out of that? I know I did. It's got me rethinking how I'm going to be promoting my episodes via Pinterest in the future, because it just makes sense to me that a visual platform like Pinterest is a prime opportunity to catch the eye of people who are looking for the kinds of things that I'm podcasting about, either on this podcast or either of my other, what is it, three other podcasts now with a fourth on the way. So I want to make sure that I'm doing that piece because Pinterest is something, honestly, I haven't used much in the past and that I'm certain could be a better source of listenership and downloads and that sort of thing. So I hope you're going to get on board with Pinterest. Add it to your workflow a little bit at a time. I loved what Catherine said about, you know, do the easy things first, start simply and build up from there. Because the more the ball gets rolling, the more you'll find that you optimize your workflows and you get things running more smoothly and you actually have more time because you're faster at what you were doing before. Now, one thing Catherine didn't mention when we were doing our recording, but she did mention to me afterward is that she has a free Facebook group that you can be a part of in order to get in there and discuss Pinterest strategy and actually get some of her live coaching. She does Facebook live videos every week about Pinterest strategy. So that's a great resource as well. She's shared that link with me, and I will include that in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 87 or in that handy dandy description section of this episode on your podcast app. So swipe left, right, up, down, stand on your head, whatever you have to do to find it and find the link to Catherine's Facebook group. Hey, this has been a great episode. I am, man, my wheels are turning. I hope that you have gotten value out of this. If you have, share the episode with someone else and tell them, hey, get your Pinterest going, man. And now you know what time it is. It's time for you to go and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.